Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, in which we look back through the annals of true crime to discuss events that took place on this week in history. I'm your host, Mark Decano, and with me as always are my friends, Jed Lester. Hello. And Rue Turner. Hello. We want your reviews. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and preferably five stars. And if not, you can always email your review to us at stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk or through our Facebook page or Instagram account. And links to all of those are available on our website, www.truecrimediary.co.uk. And in appreciation of every five-star review, we'll give you a shout-out in a future episode. So the date we're looking at this week is the 18th of February, and on this date in 1878, English merchant and ranch holder John Tunstall was killed in Lincoln County, New Mexico by gunmen working for his competitors in an event that sparked a series of revenge killings known as the Lincoln County War. Interesting. Does a series of killings constitute a war? Well, I mean, yeah. yes, technically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the converse is absolutely that's, that's true. That's the defining <laughs> yes. concept is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> but well, no, I meant sort of, you know, somebody gets killed... A few other people get killed in revenge. That's not quite a war. It's a. Um, I'm, I'm guessing this is a bit bigger yeah. than just that. This for, the, what's it called? This not this. It was for, a, this for that. Uh, <laughs> tit for tat. Tit for tat. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Is this cowboys? Cowboys versus cowboys. Is it? Cowboys versus uh-huh. cowboys. Yes. Well, cowboys was a was an insult. I mean, in England, cowboy is still an insult. It means shoddy work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's a cowboy yeah. builder. But at the time there, it meant something else. It meant you were you looked after cows and you were a cowboy because you enjoyed their company. Ah. A little too much. That's what they meant when they said cowboys. But it's one of those epithets that just sort of stuck and they, they took it and they turned it. They made it their own. There you go. Early on facts in this episode. Yeah, yeah. So you've got uh, John Tunstall. He's um, born in England, born in London, Hackney. All right. In the London's East End, or as, as it would be now, it's the it was a small village outside of London at the time, late 1870s. Yeah, Hockney precursor. Yeah, he said, "I'm going to the big city," but he didn't mean <laughs> London, mind you. Actually, he didn't go to a big city anyway, did he? Or Lincoln's not a big city. No, Lincoln is the opposite of a big city. It's a one-street town. Neither big nor a city. How would you end up in Lincoln? New Mexico. Mm. Well, he was from a quite well-to-do family. He went to Canada to start to find his way as a merchant, and he went into the U.S. and he was looking around places like Arizona and the areas in the southwest and the south, and he was looking for somewhere to buy land and start up a ranch business as well as a mercantile yeah. trader's outpost. And yep. um, he found out that the land in around Lincoln County in New Mexico was plentiful and quite cheap. So oh, that's where right. he decided to stake his claim. Probably still not quite a, well, a hat pin in a in a big globe. Spin it round and poke I mean, it that's, in. You know. That's a well, that's yeah. a long way. I'm not talking about from London. I'm talking about from what, anywhere in Canada to New Mexico is a very yeah. very long way. Yeah. In 1870. Yeah, exactly. We're in the late 19th century. This is relatively short time post Civil War. Yes. And yeah. got, the man's going from London to Canada to. New Mexico. I mean, that's each one of those journeys is weeks. (laughs) Yes, it's not like you jump on a plane. London to Canada will be a month or ish, and then it's probably the same south, isn't it? I'd buy. How would you get there? Was it fully railed up? It probably wasn't. No, some train, I guess. Not a lot, and coach, I guess. Oh God. And ride, ride horse riding. About ten miles into it, I'd be like, 
Oh, just, 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 just stop here. Let's forget <laughs> it. This will do. He'd went another three thousand miles south or something. So what kind of? So it was a general store or something. Wasn't yeah, it? he opened up a general store and he had a, a ranch, a cattle ranch as well. Look what I did! I made a cow. Now he met up with a, a lawyer named Alexander McSween, who became a partner of his, and they were supported by another rancher named John Chisholm. Mm-hmm. So they were like uh, setting up their business interests. They opened a large general store in Lincoln, in the town, and yep. then within the confines of the county, also had, they had their ranches as well. And but he had bought a load of land as well because he could. He bought a load of land for cattle. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Now there was already uh, some ranchers around Lincoln and Lincoln County. Um, who also owned a general store in town. Oh, yeah. The competition's always good for commerce. Yeah, surely. Yeah. Arguably. I'm sure this story Doesn't... ends perfectly well. Yeah. <laughs> so, hang on. He was the rival. He'd moved in as the rival. So, you've got this uh, this Englishman, this, you've got an English interloper. Mm. Now, he's, yep. he's moved into town and he's decided that he's going to stake his claim. He's going to run this town. He's going to take the whole place over. He's going to be business, business, business all the way. Right, okay. I bet they I bet they hated him. Yeah. Plus, he's also, he's an English Protestant, uh, okay. whereas the already established in town is Irish Catholic right. faction, okay. Lawrence okay. Murphy and James Dolan, who it's run the end well, other store. No. So immediately they despise Tuckstall. I mean, I've kind of put yourself in, what were they called? Murphy and Dolan. Dolan. Put yourself in their shoes. This bloke turns up and sets up a rival shop. They probably had it. That I don't know about. It. They probably didn't have it made, but they had the monopoly before he turned up. Yeah, um, exactly right. But combined, they would have had far greater buying power, so they could have got better prices <laughs> for all of their customers. Surely, that's how sure, it works. That said, the <laughs> the custom. You say su- suggesting they they merger their two stores to form a monopoly, <laughs> or at least at least join forces in with their buying power. But the custom surely was, uh, I don't know, a hundred people or something, was it? Or I mean, hardly anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Passing through people, hardly but... anybody. Yeah. There'll be traders, you know, coming in to offload pelts and buy guns, yep. etc., and hard tack. Um. Anyway, so it turned sour did it yeah so this uh this rivalry then became i still uh, don't know why we're talking about this <laughs> but anyway we're, we're still in the shop stage <laughs> yeah, well this is background well, the man was killed we we led yeah. with that <laughs> yeah i know but it's just like and it's like that, that will never happen every day yeah. who cares if people get killed <laughs> who, right, cares? who wants to talk about that nobody wants to talk about people getting killed Exactly. Why would anyone do a podcast about a, a, a murder? No one's interested in that. <laughs> would, have made, would have made Nilsson very boring if we'd have just gone, oh, he killed people, so what? <laughs> so what? Who cares? Right, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> Go on, then. Well, it gets interesting, oh, let me right. tell you that. Okay. So you've got the, the Catholic faction, the Irishmen, Murphy and Dolan, they've got mm-hmm. their store and their ranches. You've got McSween, Tunstall and Chisholm on the other side. The thing is, they've come in fresh, whereas the the Irish have already established. Now, they've, yes. they're running their shop. They call it the house, is imaginatively. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's basically the centre point for the, the town, a focal point for yeah. the town and their business. 
and they've got some investors and some friends in the town and in the territory. Because they've so been for there example, a while. they've got William Brady, who's the county sheriff. He's a friend of theirs. Oh, right. So that helps. They've got the uh, the New Mexico Attorney General, one Thomas Catron. He owns three million acres in the territory. <laughs> three million which is, acres. Uh, What's that? Like pretty big. Size of London or something? Or? Uh, it's more than half the size of Wales. Oh, right. <laughs> Jesus. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a... Sorry, what did you say? He, he was an Attorney General or something? He was the Attorney General. Okay. Yeah. Not now, landlord. Yeah, yeah, Attorney General, prominent landlord. And he also held the mortgage on the, the house. The house? Yeah. You'd think he'd have paid it off by now. Uh, they're also good friends with the New Mexico governor, one Samuel Axtell, um, and a judge named Warren Bristol, and a district attorney named Ryerson. Ryerson! I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bang! Right. It's just starting to get rather murky for Tunstall yeah. now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're They've connected. got some good friends. Yeah. They, these, these are the lawmakers, but they're not the greatest people in the world. For example, yep. Governor Axtell was uh, fired by the President uh, Rutherford B. Hayes for um, corruption. Gosh. Well, the actual president. The actual president. Right, so that's a, that's yeah. a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, he got fired. In normal times, if you're fired by the president, you know you've done wrong. In, no- in normal, in normal times, times, yeah. yeah. And District Attorney Ryerson, I mentioned, um, he actually uh, murdered a chief judge and got away with it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay. He, he knows... These guys, the Dolans yeah. and the Murphys, are in with the right people. Exactly right, yeah. Now, they've also got some uh, hired hands to support them, a group of people they call the boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. A pinnacle of <laughs> now, creativity. Do you mean like heavies? Yeah. So the boys are hanging out of the house. These boys is basically yeah. it's the Jesse Evans gang, which is a gang of outlaws. They are okay. um, rustlers, thieves, killers in their own right. Jesse Evans has got quite a reputation. He's a he's a famous uh, villain at the time and a famous outlaw. Is he? Yeah, but bearing in mind that they're, they're working for these guys who are big big friends with the governor and the attorney general, so they they basically got flexibility within the law to do whatever they want. Basically, yes, of course they have. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, on the other side, um, Tunstall and McSween they get their ranch hands in and they, a few hired guns. So they've got a few people working for them. And they call this group, they call themselves the regulators. We work for Mr. Tunstall as regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. Okay, yeah, yeah. So when Murphy and Dolan start going from harassing to, you know, uh, haranguing the ranch, stealing cattle and horses, etc., that's when the violence starts to escalate. It all starts to come to a head when you get to something known as the Fritz insurance policy. Right. So basically, this fellow Fritz, he, he dies. Now, the executives of his estate go to McSween, obviously, who's a lawyer, to settle the insurance policy, okay? But McSween knows that uh, Murphy and Dolan think that they're owed money by Fritz. So he knows that if he gives the money to the executives, they're going to hand it all over to Murphy and Dolan. So he decides not to pass it along, okay? Now, Dolan and Murphy, they decide, well, that's out of order. So they go and they form a posse formed from the boys and they get them deputized so they're now a legal posse and they get a warrant to seize assets of McSween in lieu of this payment that they didn't receive yeah so now you've got the Murphy Dolan faction they've now got a legal posse now the wording of this uh, warrant to seize McSween's property 
conveniently has uh, Tunstall's property included in it as well. Oh, uh, because McSween and Tunstall are business oh, partners. partners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they go, oh, okay, so we'll write out a warrant and say, yeah, okay, you can seize uh, goods from McSween. Oh, well, let's put Tunstall on there as well. You can go and take his stuff. Yeah, <laughs> as you would. Yeah. Yep. So the way the war kicks off is basically this legal, this posse of the boys, they all ride out to Tunstall's property yes. to secure cattle and horses. But the horses aren't there and Tunstall isn't there. So they find out that Tunstall's riding off into town with some horses and some of his regulators. Speaking of riding off into the country... Are you going to break into song? Down the road... I'm looking at a map. Down the road from Lincoln, New Mexico, is Roswell. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just presuming it's the same the Roswell. Yes. But it's like literally down the road. I know there's not... <laughs> I know for another, whatever it was, 100 years, <laughs> something didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, it's there. Uh, it's literally down the road, mm. and th- and yet, my point is: well, we know we know more about Roswell yeah. that arguably Where nothing, nothing happened. happened at all that we <laughs> do about Lincoln, basically. And this is well, anyway. You're, hopefully, you're going to get to a uh, a very memorable <laughs> denouement. <laughs> so, three of the uh, so-called deputies rode off in pursuit of Tunstall. So they're no longer operating under their supposedly legal warrant because that How was come? to go to the ranch and take goods. Well, oh, the, right. the warrant okay. was covered yeah. in to go to the ranch and take oh, okay. the goods. Yeah. They've now left that. They're now they're in pursuit of Tunstall. Okay. Why would they... Well, it's Why, it's why indeed? Probably yeah. They're using their unlawful bit of their hmm. brains, but they've effectively done what they're meant to do. But they're like, we want to. Yeah, I'm gonna we are a wingy. The presumption is that had Tunstall been at the ranch, he yes. would have resisted inverted commas, and they would have just killed him. Possibly, yeah. don't know. But these these deputies, what they rode off and they caught up with some of the regulators and the horses and Tunstall on the road to Lincoln. Now, what happened next, obviously, is disputed. Yep. But probably the general consensus is. Okay. That as soon as the deputies see Tunstall and his regulators, they ride up and start shooting. Well, there's no like, are you? Is your name John? <laughs> no, they know who. This is a one-street town. Oh, everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Oh, do they? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. So it's it, stop I mean, in I'd, the name of the law, no, anyway. or something like that. <laughs> That's Freeze. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, excuse me. Is your? Are you Mr. Tunstall? And then he replies, <laughs> I might be. <laughs> Who's asking? In a cockney, cockney accent. <laughs> the ranch hands ride away up the hill. Tunstall rides away yep. in a different direction, apparently. The deputies rode after Tunstall, ignoring oh, right. the horses completely. They caught up with Tunstall and he was shot once in the chest with a rifle and then once again in the back of the head with a pistol. Hmm. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so a long-range gun and a near, yeah. bit yeah. nearer gun. Was it in that order? No. Well, we, I, we I, don't know. I don't know. If, if they shot him in the back of the head with a pistol and then rode away and fired back at him with a rifle, <laughs> yeah. that would be quite odd. As, as he rode no, towards been, them, no, they shot been, him with a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> with a bullet in the back it of the head. It could have been they shot him perfectly. Yeah. They, sh- they shot him... They could. 
They shot him perfectly in the back of the head first from a mile away. <laughs> with a pistol. And, and then he, pistol then he, he have turns a range towards them. Within, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there he goes. Oh, don't well, shoot him again. Back. You'll only make him mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He fell uh, okay. onto a so bullet. possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's possible that it was a nefarious... Uh, Style well, of, yes. Yeah. Let's not cast aspersions, but yes, yeah, cowboy crime scene fix. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's well, true. they staged yeah, the yeah, scene. Yeah. The deputies. I mean, this is a well-known trope of this kind of scenario. They've they've hunted him down. They've shot him dead, and then they stage the scene. They fire. They take out his gun. They fire his gun. Put it by his body. That sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, it was his gun. They claim he was okay. resisting yeah. arrest, even though they had no recourse to arrest <laughs> yeah, him. Of anyway. course they did. Yeah. And he had a hole in the back of his head. So. Yeah. By then. Now, obviously, some of the regulators say that they witnessed this uh, from the hill. Oh, yes, who were on John's yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. So, but of course, the uh, deputies go back to their friends, their group, uh, and everything is legal and above board, and go, well, yep, yeah, that's fine. We're not going to take any mm. further action because if he was just get away with shooting a justice, you can get away with shooting a shopkeeper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially, yeah. especially an English interloper. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the shooting of Tunstall, uh, the ranch hands and gathered friends went to County Justice John Wilson. Uh, they were sworn in as special constables, so that basically made them now a legal posse. Um, they were given right. warrants to arrest Tunstall's killers. Were they given really lovely shiny deputy badges? Yes, they were. They were indeed. They had special constable badges. Why was that? It seemed very straight. I mean, I know it's just you saying it, but it seemed quite straightforward. Um, Should yeah. we go and become liberal representatives, lads? Yeah, basically. I mean, that was straightforward. <laughs> that was normal, yeah. Was that normal? So there's, been, there's been a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to get oh, the, okay. the killers, right. swear us in as lawmen and make it legal. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Right. right. But that's what the Murphy and Dolan. Yeah, not exactly. Done in the first place. So, so therefore, goodies versus goodies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Legal yeah. legals versus legals. So therefore, was it a? I mean, obviously, it probably was a murder. I mean, it was a murder, but it was a legal, controlled well, killing. <laughs> technically, I mean, I know it wasn't, but the killing wasn't legal. The the deputies chasing the after Tunstall wasn't legal. Getting the cattle was they they left they split from their warrant the minute the, the minute they rode after Tunstall they were off warrant that made it unlawful yes because the warrant mentioned cattle I wonder if the cattle uh, while Tunstall was fleeing I wonder if the cattle were uh, lowing <laughs> that's that's all they do they're lowing like mad they are that's all they do cattle sat around lowing all day long I know yeah yeah chewing the cud <laughs> if I spend several months learning to become a policeman and I Murder brew. Hang on. I don't like the way this is I'm going. Meaning it's kind of alright. <laughs> and then and then Mark spends several months trying to become a police it becomes a policeman to avenge Rue's death. Uh, to then come after me. It's more like it. It just seems a bit <laughs> I don't understand it at all. Yeah. It's uh I mean Rue's still dead. <laughs> Either way, he's still dead. 
Eventually. <laughs> it's just legalised gangsterism. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, you, exactly. you, you yeah, hit yeah. the nail on the head there. You said it's revenge. This is what this was about. It was a back and forth of revenge killings. Yeah. It wasn't justice in any shape. Or no, 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 of course. So hang on. All those back and forth deaths in the official war, mm-hmm. they were all technically done by uh, official lawmen. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it will take a turn in a little bit. Hang on. We be the regulators. You are the regulators, not we be. <laughs> you don't have to talk in that stupid voice to me. I'm not a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely said it like I said it. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so the regulators was a group, a larger group of like people who would come and go and join the group. But there was a main centre known as the Ironclad. So hang on, there was a group within the group. There was a group within the group. So within the larger group of of the regulators, there was the ironclad. That was the centre, the main uh, leadership, if you like, the main people. They were led by Management. Richard Brewer, okay. Dick Brewer, who was a Tunstall's yep. uh, foreman at the ranch. I be Dick Brewer. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible pub game. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the next one? Because I want to do an impression of him. Okay. Also, there was uh, John Middleton. Hey, I'm John Middleton. <laughs> Sir Henry Brown. I'd be rightly known as Henry... Br- what was his name? Henry Brown. <laughs> I'm cutting all these. Uh, Fred, w- <laughs> Fred Waite. I thought you said Fred West. <laughs> Fred Waite. Uh, Doc Skurlock. Uh, Doc Skurlock. Yeah. Marty! <laughs> And a, a young man named Henry McCarty. Oh. Henry McCarty. Whoop, Henry McCarty. Why did you... you I, that sounds as if you uh, <laughs> said that last for a reason. Well, I did, because you might be familiar with Henry McCarty. You might know him better Ooh. as William Henry Antrim. Ah. Or possibly as William H. Bonney. William Bonney. Young William. Little Willie. <laughs> I, I have no documentation on that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... The burgeoning killer Billy the Kid, was That's it? It's Billy the Kid, yes. He's wow. yeah. 18 at this time. That well-known teenage goat. Yeah. <laughs> so his, I would say his legend lives on above anything we've ever talked about uh, in this podcast, brackets. Meaning, was this the beginning of a long killing career? Or have we just, history has just... Decided to, um, I don't know, create the legend uh, more than anything he, else. It certainly started his career before this event. Yeah. Is it a career? <laughs> it wasn't. A, it really wasn't a, a long career. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So no. he'd start. Yes, you rightly say he'd started beforehand. He had committed a few criminal acts, petty thefts, bit of rustling, um, and definitely killed at least one man. I'd say, and that murder. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least one uh, that we know of. Yep. But he'd moved to New Mexico and become a ranch hand for Tunstall. Bear in mind, again, he was 18. He was only a young lad. Oh, hang on. So he's a he's on the, in as far as this story goes, he's on the kind of goody side. Um, I thought he was a, you know, hideous, well, perhaps he is a hideous outlaw, but <laughs> he was on John Tunstall's in his little gang. Yeah, he was a, he was a ranch right, hand for right. Tunstall, the good guy. And Tunstall right, took right. on all Sorry. sorts, didn't he? He'd... Take on waifs and strays. And... Waifs and strays. Okay. Mr. Tunstall's got a soft spot for runaways, derelicts, vagrant types. 
They take on the Lost Boys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and young kids, clearly. Nice, nice uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Somebody recognises it. <laughs> Uh, young Billy the Kid, his parents, um, he was born Henry McCarty and his parents had changed the name to Antrim when they arrived in the US. He gave himself the name Bonnie uh, when he became an outlaw, but at the time working for Tunstall, um, he was McCarthy slash Antrim. He switched back and forth between the two. Yeah, he, they, although we kind of, I don't know, history seems to recognise him as being a sort of American-Irish, but he was born in New York. Uh, yes, the the family were Irish. Sort of either in in either in the fall or the winter of that year. Yes. What year? You haven't mentioned a year. Eighteen February. A year. You have been in the fall, the winter oh, of, that, of, of he was a year. Born in the fall or the winter of that year that he was born. <laughs> oh, His yeah, birth that one. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it 1859? I think. Is the only reason why we're talking about him now because of that time? Or did he go on to bigger things? Well, look, at, look, consider this, okay? If you're you're trying to sell newspapers, okay? Everyone in the frontier is having a range war for some reason or another. Range wars okay. aren't uncommon. They're fighting and shooting mm. over land, over cattle, over you know, you know, just a dispute. This is another range war going on. Now, why is this one important? Where's the hook? Well, we could talk about this because there's a kid in one of the gangs and he's called Billy the Kid and he's a gunfighter. You know, let's write a story about him and let's make the story ridiculously over-embellished and he's now the leader of the gang and now right. he's going to shoot everybody and he's a villainous outlaw. Well, suddenly everyone's so talking just... about Billy the Kid. Yeah, it's myth-making. It's, yeah. yeah. Now, that's the foundation of the Billy the Kid legend that we still remember today. The fact that he was a very, very minor player yeah, and like we said, Jesse Evans was the big. He was from a previous gang. He formed his own gang. You know, he's the big gunfighter. He was the big criminal. Yeah, rustling, thievery, murder, all of that. Billy the Kid. He was just a a, a ranch hand, an eighteen year old ranch hand who did nothing. Even when the when the war was going on, he was a minor player. A frightened little boy, by some accounts. Yeah, after the war, he became a, a an outlaw, or more of an outlaw, I should say, but an outlaw. So now you've got this second legal posse. They do, they go to serve the warrants to arrest Tunstall's killers, who are part of Sheriff Brady's posse. Yes, because they're all in together, that uh, yeah. powerful group. So okay. yep. oddly, they uh, resist, and they say it won't allow oddly. them to serve the warrants. So We never done it. We weren't there when it never happened. <laughs> but uh, eventually, the regulators, they catch up with a couple of characters, Frank Baker, Buck Morton, and Dick Lloyd. Did you uh, bring some gold with you? No. Silver? Just lead. They find a, fight a running gun battle with them for a few hours. Mm -hmm. Now, eventually, these guys surrender to be taken back to Lincoln. But it turns out that the good guys aren't that good because on after three days of coming back to Lincoln, they were all murdered. The regulators oh. killed all three of them. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds irregular. They may have killed mm. one of their own as well. Who, Why? Because he, he was the one of the regulators wasn't happy about them being killed, so they might have shot him. Yes, or, right. So they said, or oh, he might perfect. have been killed in the gun battle, or he might have been killed by one of the three who then were killed in turn. 
But either yes, way, yes, yes, yes. it ended with the three guys dead. One of them, one had, of them died. Yeah. Now one of them had like ten bullets in him, and one had five bullets in him. So they were gunned down. They didn't catch a stray bullet. They were gunned down. Okay. So that was known as the Blackwater Massacre. Okay. Gosh. Yep. In Lincoln. In Lincoln, or just outside Lincoln. Loads of stuff happened there, didn't it? Well, yeah. it's the Lincoln County War. Well, I know. Because <laughs> it all happened within <laughs> Lincoln County. Yes, I'm aware of that. <laughs> it's like it all could have been avoided. If we'd have moved to another county. If they'd just welcomed him a, to the town. It's a big old territory. <laughs> oh, I suppose so, yeah. The next big event that happens is the murder of Sheriff Brady. Oh, no, you're oh. joking. Who shot the sheriff? I don't know, but he didn't shoot the deputy. Oh, that's all right. Now, Bra- That's uh, not the music goes. <laughs> <laughs> so Brady and one of his deputies were shot in the town of Lincoln by some regulators. Not clear who it was. Down with all you sheriffs and deputies and all who give birth to you. Now Brady had appealed to Attorney General Catron. Remember him, the guy who had a vested interest in the house. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The one who owned 0.6 of Wales. Yeah. Exactly. And oh yeah. Okay. And he, in turn, appealed to the governor, Axtell, the corrupt governor Mm -hmm. of the territory. Now, Axtell released a decree that said that Justice Wilson had been appointed illegally, which made his appointment of the posse illegal and all the warrants illegal as well. Okay, yep. That's not helpful. The regulator's posse is now unlawful, and everything they've done is unlawful. Oh, okay. They've since discovered that everything they've done up to that point was, was, a crime. was in fact. <laughs> strange, all those murders, strangely enough, were actually illegal. Yeah, yeah. funny that, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fine, yeah. <laughs> what is the position of that, though? Like, if you do something, like if a policeman comes to your house and says, oh, you must do this, and you do it for them, and then later on you discover that that policeman is not a policeman. Have you broken the law, or have you simply carried out... I mean, it does go back to this old World War II argument of, I was just following orders. Well, you've got, you've got two things. <laughs> you've got two things there, haven't you? First of all, you've got a civilian following the instructions of, a, of yeah. someone in a position of authority. Which is a, de- a deputy is a civilian, yeah. technically. You have been you know, deputised. Yeah. A soldier, a soldier in war should follow orders, but also then there's the legality of if a soldier's orders are to murder civilians, they're non-combatant, so that's an unlawful order, which makes it an illegal action. Right, say. right. But if you're if you're shooting the the deputies of of another group, then they they are by their definition part of an official, you know, militaristic group. Though they're not civilians. Well, everyone was official at that point. By, by the understanding of the individuals within those groups, yeah. they are official members yeah, yeah, of those yeah. groups and legal entities and official It members. turns out, latterly, that one, 50% of them Are those weren't. individuals then guilty? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can hold the individuals no, guilty. No, if the posse turned out to be illegal, what they should have done Which, was turn themselves yep. in for, for trial and the trial evidence would have been that they were following a, a, what they understood to be a lawful warrant, etc. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, but they should have turned themselves in instead of carrying on fighting and shooting people. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Right then. Okay. My argument. <laughs> and in terms, in terms of your 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 World War Two just following orders thing, if there's order to shoot soldiers, or if, you know, in a combat situation, that's a legal order. Order to murder civilians, that's an illegal order. They should not carry out the order. Unless they were instructed, those civilians are simply soldiers wearing normal clothes. Well, that's espionage. They should have been arrested, not 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 annihilated, <laughs> not herded into a church and then burned the church to the ground. That's not a legal action. 
in that in that in term, even in war. Okay. Regardless of that, fifty percent of the entire story that we've just been through has now realised that it's not legal. It's not at all. legal. So yeah. did they turn themselves in to the corrupt, murderous? Hmm. I mean, my first thoughts are, my first thoughts are no, but I don't know. They might be like, <laughs> go on, let's. It's a fair cop. No, your first thoughts were correct. No, they did not. No, okay. I thought so. <laughs> they never do, do they? They never do. You'll never take me alive, copper. So they carried on. <laughs> so they carried on. There's a number of uh, standoff battles. There's the Battle of Blazer's Mill, uh, in which uh, Dick Brewer, the foreman, is Ooh. killed, oh, uh, and a few a others. Shame. There's the Battle of the Fritz Ranch. The what? The Battle of Fritz? Fritz Ranch. Oh, Fritz. No, what did you say? Fritz. Oh, okay, right. Fritz, Fritz what? That's ranch. The, the German guy. The German guy involved in the um, in that the will. The Fritz Ranch, yeah. After the Fritz policy, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there was the Battle of Lincoln, which went on for five days. Wow. Now wow. that's basically the 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 apex. Is that more of a siege? Kind of. It's it mostly focused around the McSween House, but there also there were members of the regulators staying around the town, so it did involve the whole town. But it was mostly focused on the McSween House. This is in the 15th of July. We're still in 1878. Mm. Okay. Um, The new sheriff, uh, uh, George Pepin, and his posse, they were trading gunfire with the the regulators. Let's dance! Now, there's a, a unit of cavalry came out of Fort Stanton. They intervened and stopped the battle. So on, it started on the 15th of July. It went on until the 19th. So day five, it was stopped by mm. the army moving in, basically stopped the battle. Wow, wow. But um, it wasn't enough because later that same day, um, the McSween house was set on fire, presumably by the Murphy Dolent contingent. Um, and there's the house was burning. They let the women and children go, but then uh, McSween and some others were shot trying to flee the house. So they've now killed McSween. So Tunsil's dead, McSween's dead. These are the, the partners. Of course, yeah, yeah. All of this mm. over a couple of shops. Yeah, oh. exactly. So this uh, this battle effectively ended the war because the regulators were now dispersed and they're outlawed, so they're on the run. Yes, yeah, yeah. All that's, all that's missing here is an Ennio Morricone soundtrack. It's just perfect. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Something tells me that all of that would have happened regardless of whether it was legal or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Meaning, meaning, what? What was the point? Um, yeah. It's just completely ridiculous. It just why didn't he just do it anyway? Exactly. These um, ranch battles were commonplace, so you know, right? Oh, okay. Range yeah. range wars were common. In late 1878, with the war effectively over, was there not a, a law brought in? I can't remember whether it was before this or after this to stop the army intervening in any <laughs> um, common. Like it, like civilian, yeah, disagreements. Shall yes, we say? Yes, there were. Yeah. I don't know. The this details. wasn't. This wasn't technically civilian, though, was it? Because fifty percent of them. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, fifty percent of them weren't yeah, civilians, yeah. technically. Um, Why would that law be brought in? I've no idea. Because I mean, you'd just... think that that that's a, that's a good reason to bring the army. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Civil unrest is a yeah. great reason yeah, yeah, to yeah. bring the army in. <laughs> As as re- recent dates will well, will, uh, will illustrate, you know. I, I don't know if it's a good reason. It's a reason. <laughs> yeah. Declaring martial <laughs> yeah. law is not ideal. 
<laughs> not the ideal situation. Sure. No, it's it's last resort, really. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to look at a map down the road. Now, it'd be interesting if these existed at the time, but down the road, I say down the road, it's probably miles away. Uh, there's a town called Elephant Butt. Um, <laughs> Is it Butte and... or Butte? <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. Has it got an E on the end? The yeah, elephant yeah, Butte. Yeah. Oh, I, I refuse to pronounce it correctly <laughs> it's but and, and you know it. which is next door to, and this is the name of the town truth or consequence i've heard of that town have you yeah, yeah. that's in uh, that's in new mexico in perfectly in between albuquerque and the pass which is i call the literal translation of el paso <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's called truth or consequence oh it's good isn't it that's a great name i know yeah yeah I mean, yeah, I'm a big fan of looking at maps. For instance, in New Mexico is a chaparral. Really? Is it a high chaparral? That's Bonanza. That's Bonanza. That's high chaparral. That's the Waltons. That's the Waltons. Truth and Consequence, Elephant Butte, chaparral. Very good. So Albuquerque, Tucumcari. Las Vegas, not what? that one. In New Mexico? Las Vegas, New Mexico, yes. So Tucumcari, is Tucumcari that a town? is a Where's town that? on the road to Amarillo. Oh, God, this is just a... It writes itself, this, this podcast. Head out of Albuquerque, you get to Tucumcari, yes. and you can say, it's just the way to Amarillo. <laughs> Correct. The train doesn't stop at Tucumcari. This train will stop at Tucumcari. Tucumcari. Zogontal. How long ago is Age of Empires? Mirimus. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. That's the best. Zogontal. Zogontal. So let's play Town in New Mexico or Age of Empires. Yes, yes, that's what we're playing. <laughs> we're playing. Annoyingly, I'm looking at the Yeah, that's Annoyingly, a good one. There's about 12 towns in New Mexico. That's literally it. But anyway, there's, yeah, that's right, the I'll thing. start. Carrizo. Um, Seems <laughs> good, isn't it? Town. Correct. E. Okay. Here's one. Donahi. <laughs> Age of Empires. E. Correct. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> what I'd uh, forgotten about is that we know all the sound effects from Age of Empires. <laughs> we do know. Yeah, we don't know any towns yeah. in, in New Mexico. Right, I'm going to play another game. Uh, towns in New Mexico or Sherlock Holmes <laughs> Nemesis's. <laughs> Nemesis. Oh, yeah. okay. Yep. Okay. Moriarty. <laughs> Both. Correct. <laughs> wow. Way to land the coin on its side. Right, stop that. Silly. So you've got your new governor, Lou Wallace, who replaced um, the corrupt Oh, Axel. yes, yes. Now, he decided to give amnesty to anyone involved in the war unless they'd specifically committed or been indicted okay. for a, a crime. So he said, OK, if you were either side, anyone did all the shooting or whatever, you're fine, you're, you're let off. Unless you've been indicted or convicted already of a crime, then we yep. want you, you know, you've got to come in. So McCarthy wrote to Wallace. Billy the Kid wrote to the governor saying that he would testify against Jesse Evans for a murder of, course, of a lawyer yeah. named Chapman in exchange for amnesty. Now, Wallace agreed, 
and McCarthy was arrested, inverted commas, he handed himself in. And he gave testimony, he's true to his word, but after weeks and weeks he was still in jail. And he thought, I'm not going to get my hands Oh, right, yes, okay, they've got him now, technically. Yeah, so Billy the Kid has made an offer to the governor, turned himself in, given testimony. Done everything, done everything as far as the agreement went. Mm. And and the governor didn't keep his word. What's going on What to do? Shoot him. Yeah. So he escaped. So it's now June 1879. He escapes from jail. And in November, uh, a man named Pat Garrett was elected for the new Lincoln County Sheriff. I understand there's a new sheriff in town. Who wants to kill him? I've, I've heard of him. Not sure why, but I've heard of him. I'm saying <laughs> the story's closing in on Billy here. Yeah. Yeah, Billy okay. the slightly annoyed. So but as well as being elected county sheriff, he's also got a commission as a deputy U.S. marshal, which basically means he can cross okay. county lines, so he can chase him down wherever. It was not until 1881 that Pat Garrett eventually caught up with Billy the Kid and arrested him. But he arrested him and he took him to Fort Sumner, but uh, the kid famously escaped. He killed two deputies and, and fled from the jail. James Bell and Bob Ollinger as a marker at the point where Ollinger was killed. Really? Sorry, still, where, where are we oh, in the world now? Yeah. This is Fort Sumner. This is okay. still in New Mexico. This is like the saddest Hollywood Boulevard, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's a rubbish yeah. version. It's just one mark and it's the death of a man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. In uh, July 1881, Garrett caught up with Car- McCarthy again, but this time he ambushed him in the dark, killed him with one shot to the chest. Yeah. But that was... That was allowed because he was an official hunting down yeah. a fleeing prisoner. Yeah, exactly. Well, he also murdered an unarmed man, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Well, that's true, yeah. And it got a little bit more interesting because the office acting on behalf of Governor Wallace refused to pay the $500 reward. Hey, it's me. Knock, knock. So, uh, you, got, uh, you got my money? But residents of the cities of New Mexico put their hands in their pockets and they raised $7,000 which they gave to Garrett as a reward wow 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 so he was that um, Billy the Kid was that feared yeah basically his all of his actions were largely about either shooting people trying to arrest him or uh, shooting former members of the Murphy Dolan faction he was still about the revenge killing arguably the war yeah. ended in either July 1878 when McSween died or 1881 yep. Because the war was it was a one more one man war right. going. On. Yeah. So his legend is, if we're talking about killing, is uh, well, didn't he kill some to while he, when he escaped? Yeah, he killed two deputies. Escaped so there's a bit of that. There's yep. a bit of so-called legal state-sanctioned killing. <laughs> yeah. Um, some some grey area killing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, anyway, I'm not trying to. <laughs> Turn him into a the, um, a delightful individual, but, he, but yes, no, I he's no hero. Put it that no, way. He's, no, no, no. he's not a hero. He's a criminal. All I'm, but he's yeah, not. I don't, he's not the criminal he's been made out to be. Yes, that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to transpose it into what we now know today. Uh, ev- everything I've said this before. Um, <laughs> everything we have said. Is, ba- is superseded uh, every bit of everything we've said in this podcast is superseded by the legend that currently is Billy the Kid 
and no one's heard of speaking as someone in London. Um, you know, we we have heard of some of some of these um, tales and stories and you know legend, but all of it is superseded by Billy the Kid yeah. in the form of a cowboy film. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, exactly. It's a name that practically everybody has heard of, but yeah, the, exactly. Like, yeah. The history of pretty much nobody has ever heard. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Name some equivalent top level cowboys that existed. <laughs> <laughs> Top level cowboys. Well, Pat Garrett. Well, you know, Pat Garrett might come out, well, it, but, yeah, I, but that's not. That's that can't be said without the name of Billy the Kid. Yeah, it? it's the, exactly the two yeah. hand in hand. I would say Billy the Kid is level pegging with Wyatt. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you know what I mean? In that kind of, people will have heard of him because both of them have got good names. Yeah. But ask people to expand on who they are and what they did. And why they're famous, and ninety-nine percent of people will go. I'd be met with a shrug. Yeah. Well, the good news is that Garrett did get his five hundred dollar reward after just over a year. Yeah, you got money to pay for fake mustaches, huh? It's quite a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. Ultimately, he was shot in the back in February nineteen oh eight over a leasing agreement. Who was Pat Garrett? Pat Garrett. Oh right. Not an easy time, is it? Really. It's not an easy time. Although Lou Wall- Governor Lou Wallace is probably best known <laughs> for writing the best-selling novel of the 19th century, Ben-Hur. Oh, really? Yeah. He wrote it in 1880, exactly between the Lincoln County War and the death of Billy the Kid. He wrote Ben-Hur. Good grief. That's interesting, isn't it? I, all I'm thinking of So he predicted is... the existence of the digital watch? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I'm thinking is is some old cowboy coming up with the you know the images and vision of Charlton Heston, the Romans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, very clever. Okay, so let's talk popular culture. No, let's not. If it if oh. it involves us talking about young guns, let's not talk about it at all. We've got to talk about young guns. Come on. The Rat Pack, they play the regular. Diamond Phillips. So this is Estevez, uh, Sheen. Sutherland. Diamond Phillips. Sheen is chewing the scenery like a, like yeah. a wood chipper fed with ham. I mean, <laughs> it, okay, that's a... I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> no, neither did he. Neither did he. I mean. <laughs> so he, he played uh, Dick Brewer. He was the leader. Uh, Emilio Estevez, of course, as Billy and uh, young Kiefer Sutherland was Duck Skurlock. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. How are you like saying this with such authority? Movies. Have you recently re-watched it? I, I renewed <laughs> oh, did my you really? experience oh, okay. today. <laughs> I haven't watched it, <laughs> since it since it came out. but and, and afterwards, I ran out into the garden and pressed my face into the freshly drawn snow. Just to, just to feel alive again. What I like about it is that everyone in it is way too old. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, John Tunstall is played by oh, Terence Stamp. Yes, he was. He's supposed yeah, to yeah. be playing a 24-year-old. Yeah. Emilio Estevez <laughs> like double the baby-faced of all of them, though, doesn't he? Only, only, yeah, sure. yeah only, but he was yeah. still playing an 18-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> only amongst the, the old-aged people okay. around yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Does he yeah. look young? I mean, the ones I like, there are loads of movies, loads of them, but the ones I pr- probably want to point out is a film from 1958 called The Left-Handed Gun. 
uh, which is a Paul Newman voice. Nice. Yeah, that sounds more promising. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a reasonable western. It's wildly inaccurate, obviously, <laughs> but it's. Um, <laughs> It, what's interesting is it's, it's called The Left-Handed Gun and Paul Newman plays a left-handed gunslinger, Billy the Kid. Um, that's the mistake. Uh, he wasn't left-handed at all. Right, I was going to ask you that. that. That's uh, from a photograph from a, uh, a ferrotype. Yes, of course. Which actually yeah, takes yeah. pictures in reverse. Yeah. So, so he Excellent. was right-handed, yeah, yeah. but it looks left-handed. So <laughs> the whole film was based on a lie, <laughs> which is good. I mentioned uh, John Chisholm was a, a rancher that was partnered yes. with... McSween and Tunstall and in 1970 Chism. you have the John Wayne movie Chisholm which is basically John Wayne as John okay. Wayne in a John yeah. Wayne movie okay it's, I mean, yeah. why was he why was it based around that John character and not a more prominent one uh, uh, probably because Chisholm okay. was older yeah, yeah. and John Wayne was like 400 okay. years old in 1970 Probably the uh, the one that takes the Oscar for me is the Sam Peckinpah epic, Pat Garrett and right. Billy the Kid. Who's that about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris Christopherson. Oh, it's off to a good start. Very old. A Billy very the old Billy, Billy, the, good Billy the Kid. James Coburn is a very old Pat Garrett. <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah, both yeah. way too old to play who they're playing, but they are very good in the roles. Um, and the Bob Dylan soundtrack oh, yes, featuring yes. the song "Knocking on Heaven's Door." All right. Okay. So that was written for that movie. But it's a peck and par movie, which means it's mostly very lazy and laconic yeah, and okay. with, punctuated with extreme violence. <laughs> as a classic <laughs> peck and par movie is. Superb. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great film. Again, again, mm. podcast yeah. recommends. No, I'm, I'm always happy to I'm coming in from movie. the snow to watch that. <laughs> so there are loads of other films, presumably, but those are the main good uns or bad uns. Yeah, there's loads. There's Billy the Kid, 1930. There's The Kid from Texas, 1950. There's a film called The Kid from 2019. Was Billy the Kid from Texas? He was born in New York. He yeah. spent time in Texas. Right, so he's not from Texas. No. So there's a fundamental flaw in the title of that movie. Well, he went to New Mexico from Texas. So I suppose when he arrived in New Mexico, he would be called The Boy from Texas. Okay. That's true. That's tenuous at best. Well, you know, the left-handed gun is wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, okay, beats tenuous. <laughs> there's tenuous and there's incorrect. <laughs> I don't think facts were <laughs> that important. <laughs> Never let facts get in the way of a good story. Well, exactly. Who can argue with that? That's all for this time. If you want to know more about what we've discussed over the course of this episode, just Google it or something. You can see daily true crime updates on our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can email us or you can support the show with a PayPal donation. And links to all of those are on our website at truecrimediary.co.uk. Don't forget to send us a review or post one in your podcast service if you can. And all five-star reviews will get a shout-out on a future episode. Join us next time when we'll be similarly discussing and digressing on another event in true crime history. Until then, my thanks to Jared and Rue. My name's Mark and we'll see you on the next date in our True Crime Diary.